The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Victor Hansen is a never-Trumper. A never-Trumper is somebody who says, though they may be a Republican or on the side of the right or conservative, they will never be for Trump. And yet, when they say something that aligns with Trump or supports him, they're in a quandary of why would you be a never-Trumper? Victor Hansen was interviewed. Hansen lives in California as a farmer. He lives and works on a farm. He works at the Hoover Institute. And he occasionally goes to the think tank in Stanford, which is comprised of conservative never-Trumpers. So he answers this question about California being a third-world state. Quote, it has all the symptoms of what we associate with a failed state. It's got the highest basket of income taxes, gasoline taxes, sales taxes, and yet the schools are rated in the last 10% of the nation's test scores. That's very telling. That's factual. That's not opinion. He continues, quote, one-third of the nation's welfare recipients live in California. A fifth of the population is below the poverty line. 
This is crazy. One-third of the nation's welfare recipients live in California. One-fifth of the population below the poverty line. The quote continues, A fifth of the homeless people in the United States live in California. And yet, he says, we have the most billionaires of any state in the nation, and then we have the largest underclass. What does that tell you? It is a third world state. So he says, quote, Governor Newsom got it exactly wrong 25 years ago when we had Proposition 187. Now, I'm not sure what proposition that is because they did have the tax rollback, but I assume this is speaking about something that took place was rolling back the taxes, etc. He continues about the Proposition 187 that passed by 59% of the population. It was very popular, but three days later, a federal court invalidated it and got rid of it. So it is almost 60% of California voted for this, and a federal judge comes and changes it. This is why we're very sick. This is where we don't know where we're going. Because we try to go a direction, we get defeated. This is where we are today. But referring to California as a third world state, Hansen continues and says, in regards to the proposition being rolled back, quote, it made people wanted to come to California, often illegally, and they resided here illegally. That was unfortunately part of the perfect storm where at the same time, 6 million people over the next 25 years says, if I'm going to pay the highest basket of taxes and get the worst roads, infrastructure, public schools, and among the highest crime rates, then I might as well go where there's no income taxes. That's the summation of his answer. And we had the same thing now happening in South America with the most richest, blessed country in South America. And that's how I read today. The name of this article is How 7.4 Tons of Venezuela's Gold Landed in Africa and Vanished. The government of Venezuela's president, Nicolas Maduro, is selling off his country's gold reserves. Some of it has passed through a secretive operation in East Africa, a gambit that evades U.S. sanctions. On two early March flights, at least 7.4 tons of gold with a market value over $300 million moved from Venezuela to a refinery in Uganda, says officials in Venezuela and Uganda, a foreign diplomat and Venezuelan opposition lawmakers who have concluded Mr. Maduro's government's exported the ingots. Washington has recognized opposition leader Juan G. as Venezuela's legitimate president, slapped financial and other sanctions on Venezuelan officials and institutions, and threatened penalties for others doing business with the regime. The standoff between the two leaders is reverberating beyond Venezuela, with some 50 countries joining the U.S., and backing Mr. Guido, while others side with Mr. Maduro. What was once Latin America's richest economy is starving. Its oil sales have dwindled, and citizens are suffering through day-long power outages and shortages of basic goods. Liberalism is destroying California. It's turning into a third-world state. One-third of all welfare recipients 
are in California, as you already heard. I'm driving to the point to educate you about what we want to discuss today. It's important for you to reason things out. Ask yourself what was just read. Latin America's richest economy is starving. Its oil sales have dwindled and its citizens are suffering through loss of power, shortages of basic goods. What is basic goods? What does this mean? Why are they selling gold? This should say something to you. What was just read, the article continues, says the gold sales are one of the government's final financial lifelines. That statement you need to contemplate. Because when everything goes down, the last thing, the last reserve, is gold and silver. So what happens if they didn't have the gold? If this is a lifeline, they're over. It's history. And what happened in California is headed this way. And actually, our nation is in $20 trillion of debt. Can we pay that back? I don't see how. Can you see how? We don't have that kind of wealth in the nation, even though we're wealthy. So what happens? After a final lifeline and your goal's not there, you don't have anything, you have nothing back it up, you have an exponential escalation of what was stated about Latin America. You say, well, America's well off. Everything's going great. It was happening in Venezuela also. They've been there and done that. They're a copy, they're an image, they're a prototype of what happens in modern times when everything goes south. And we can look to South America to see where they ended up. Is this in our future? Our lady has said what you've heard me say over and over. Everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. Our economic system, the way it's usury, how the investments, what it's about is greed and make more money, is not glorifying God, and it will crash. It cannot stay with our lady staying with us without the consequences of one or the other goes away. In Boston, the great scandal in the church and our lady appearing in Boston at Yvonne's house where he lived can't stay. One or the other is going to go. For the whole world, for the whole United States, all the way to the Vatican, Ireland, all these countries, Australia, everywhere, this broke in this little spot on the earth called Boston because the Virgin Mary was there. And she can't stay here on this earth with the system that is anti-God, doesn't glorify God, and then it's going to stay up. And she defines it. That's why she said, everything is passing. She ends the sentence with, only the glory of God will remain. So this is in our future. It's just holy reasoning. It's through fasting and prayer. You will see these things. You have to make moves. Everybody needs oil. Venezuela is one of the richest places for oil, but their sales are dwindling. You could say that's because nations have embargoed their oil. But still, it's the consequences of something that hasn't glorified God. And so when you're suffering like that, what is your basic things that you need? They're suffering in Venezuela for basic goods. What is your basic goods? It's the most simplest things, the things that we have the most plenty of. And you have to think about if something happens, where are you going to get these things? Where are you going to get salt? Where are you going to get water? We have a lot of water coming to our houses because it's so vital to our life. You can go without food for 30 days. You can go without water for one day. 2,600 years ago in Corinth, in Greece, they had running water to the houses. That running water to the houses was metered. They paid for it. 
That's how vital water was. That's how advanced they were. And so the basic goods will be things that you take for granted. It's not about getting a great steak or going to do something else. We're headed for trouble. One of your greatest crosses, one of the most arduous works, would be carrying water. Where are you going to get it? Just look at this, what happened in Venezuela. And look at the state of California. They can't survive. And New York's doing the same thing. Where will it come from? So the observation of the United States and other officials of ghost sales of Venezuela is one of the government's final financial lifelines. Do you want to wait for that to happen here? Do you want to wait for that to happen in California? This is why I wrote Ain't Gonna Happen. And it's about usury. It's about the economic system. Reread this. It was published in 2010. We designed the Miracles Magical Around for the purpose of not investment, but for the purpose for preservation. Why? We can get insight into why by what Thomas Jefferson wrote. He says, private fortunes are destroyed by public as well as private extravagances. Are we in that state of our life now? In the economy? In the world? He continues and he says, and this is a tendency of all human governments. That's what happened in Venezuela. That's what is going on in California. And this infection is going to go all around the world. It's all in Europe. He continues, a departure from principle is one instance becomes a departure from principle in one instance becomes a precedent for a second. So see now, they had the last riches in Venezuela, which is gold, and they go to there, and then that precedent, if that's gone, goes to the next, which is destruction. He continues, that second for a third, and so on, until the bulk of the society is reduced to a mere misery, and to have no sensibilities left but for sinning and suffering. Is that where we had it? These men, 250 years ago, had wisdom. Even though that was long ago, principles don't change. What goes around comes around throughout history. History repeats itself over and over. One of our teachers when I was in grammar school taught us that history always repeats itself. And one of the kids came in, Anthony Vaccarella. He comes in the room, and why are we saying that? He says, why are you late? That was on a Thursday from what I remember. The next Thursday, he came in late again, and he pointed to him. He said, see, I told you, history repeats itself. That's why I can remember that. You got to make things tangible when you're talking to your kids. Or, but even when you try, you make points because they're alive. We have so many points our lady's making in front of us and to us and speaking to us that she's teaching throughout the day where we're headed and that wives, everything falling apart. What is the future of the world? What is the future of your world? Are you making decisions now in the time of grace so that that grace can come back to you and your loved ones? And being in the best situation that is imperfect compared to how we live today. Jefferson, in another quote, said, I'm not afraid of people because he's of the people. He said they are not rich. And he says our dependence for continued freedom is not threatened by that. And he says for us to preserve our independence, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. That's where we are today. Would that cause us to fall apart? Why? Does it glorify God? Ask these questions to yourself. He continues and finishes this quote saying, We must make our elections between economy and liberty our profusion and servitude. Profusion is like overabundance. 
There's things we don't need. All these things, when you look at them, is telling us where we're headed. And that's why they says, use this time of grace so it will go well for you. I know that the White House last November announced sanctions to stop Venezuela's gold sales. The point that needs to be made here is when everybody gets in trouble, it will always come down to gold and silver, precious metals. Why? Because the currencies are paper. The currencies mean nothing. Our dollar bill means nothing. This is a display of truth that man, no matter whether he's religious, paganistic, loves God, believes in God, no matter what position, no matter Democrat, Republican, no matter what race, they know where to go to when you hit the bottom of the basket. And it's going to be gold and it's going to be silver. That says something. We're seeing this now right in real time. This is a self-exposing truth that these things have intrinsic value. Why? Because God made them and he made them rare and he made them with extraordinary properties for what they do. Not just in the currencies, but also in consideration of usage. It's an amazing thing. Those things are discussed and ain't going to happen. You need to reread that. It's critical where we are today in our economy that you reread this to reinvigorate your thoughts, to make you think about these points we're making that has been showed to us by Venezuela, California, and other places around the world. That's already happening. But see, man always wants to come up with his plan. Everybody's trying to take the investments. Dave Ramsey is a financial advisor, and he's well known. He was asked about investing in the silver. Somebody asked him, I got like $8,000 worth of silver. And he says this, quote, Ramsey, when you play precious metals, you're gambling with about the same odds as playing a blackjack hand. You are not investing. You are speculating. This thing can go south on you in a hurry. This is gambling, and I would get out of it. He says some people are speculating in gold, which would be on the greed side of the profit motivation side. I totally disagree with this person. He's the king of financial advice, supposedly now. But he's dead wrong on this. This is not about speculation. This is not an investment. This is about preservation. And he's dead wrong what he's saying. Ramsey says the gold thing is driven by fear versus if I buy a piece of real estate, if I buy a $300,000 rental house, I have income from that. See, everything is about money. He says gold is on the greed side. No, Buying rental houses and doing these investments, that's more on the greed side than gold. He's saying just the opposite. He's like a Pied Piper, and he's telling people to go to these investments. Do you realize what real estate cost in 1929 after crash? It's real value. The real value of agricultural land is two to $300 per acre. Everything above that is speculative. A depression like 1929 just brings everything back to the real value of what it is. That's what an economic collapse does. And you find out what the real price is. So he's speculating in a $300,000 rental house. He's speculating everything that he does. It's all about real estate. Real estate in 1950 here, compared to today, the land in this valley is up to $15,000 an acre. In 1950, just a few decades ago, you could buy an acre of land here for $1. I know some of the older people here that bought the land for $1. And I can tell you, I bought four acres down the road for $400 an acre in 1980. 
And what do you think from $400 now to 15000 That's speculation. Don't put your faith in what the investments people are saying. It's not about investments. It's about preservation. In regards to Ramsey, let me give you an example of what he's talking about. Facebook is going to get into the game of the Bitcoin. We did a broadcast about this before. You should look it up. You need to listen to that broadcast in tandem with this one. Tell people how they can get to that. So the name of the broadcast that a friend of Medjugorje is referring to is the August 9th, 2018 broadcast titled The Number One Enemy of the Banks. And you can find that if you go to medj.com and click on the past shows and click on the 2018 tab and just scroll down to August 9th, the number one enemy of the banks. You could also just search the site and then just type in the word tulips and it'll be the only response there. And it's important to listen to that. Now, Facebook's plan to launch their own cryptocurrency. And it's going to be a game changer for Bitcoins because they're so big. So how do you do that? And a lot of people have gotten rich out of this. It's a big investment. But what are they buying? Nothing. If you want a glass of milk and there's no milk in it, it's just glass, it's nothing there. And if somebody tells you there's milk, there's milk inside this glass, well, I don't see it, well, pretend it is. And that's what a Bitcoin is. That's what cryptocurrencies are. There's nothing there in the glass. It's no coins. Oh, they may make a token. It has no value except that you could sell it to somebody else. So when Bitcoins came on the scene, they said you could go buy pizza, you can go buy a car, you can do these things, you can trade them. Nobody's buying no pizza. Nobody's going to come to our gift shop here at Caritas and say, hey, we got 20 Bitcoins. We don't want that. We're not selling nothing. Who's selling by Bitcoins? So it phased out into the idea that permeated into people where this is going to be currency. Except nobody's buying it for that. They're buying it because somebody else will pay them more than what they paid, and that's how they make the money. I got a third cousin that's got a million and a half dollars. I think he's like 20 years old because he got in Bitcoins. I'm going to send him a message back, get out now. Because basically, if you get out, you got money. But it's going to crash, and it's going to go away because there's nothing there. It's a system that more people who get into the game makes more money for those doing it, and they're thinking the same thing. It's just going to go. It's just going to go. And that broadcast we were talking about earlier, only two or three people at the top of what they created and what comparable would be a Bitcoin a few centuries ago where thousands of other people lost everything they had. So this is a signs of the time. Facebook's going to create something out of nothing, and it won't even buy a pizza because what pizza place is going to even accept it? It's a lie. This is not glorifying God. This is going away. So the Ramses, the Facebooks, all these things, you don't have to throw it in the garbage heap. It's going to throw itself in there. That's going to happen. And it's going to reverberate through our whole system. So what is the real truth of where you should put your money? Don't put it in the bank. The bank is not going to give you anything. Have it saved in this other or something. And I'm not saying you're not investing. I'm not condemning you for investing. You can make money, make money. Do whatever you want to do. But you need to take a good portion of your investments and put it in something that's tangible, that was valuable, and that's solid. And you know what that is? No, it's not gold. And it's not silver. It's land. It's a pig. It's a cow. It's a chicken. It's a dairy cow. It's crops. It's a garden. That's wealth, because I've said many times, we grow grass, 
Cow eats grass, we eat cow. That's the simplest, basic way what we're ordained to do. And you can do that whether you're an attorney, a doctor, or a garbage collector. Everybody can do that. And that's where you need to go to. The reason we do say go towards silver is because you can't make immediate decision to build a system like that. We've been hitting it for 32 years to save money for the mission. And as arduous, we had to work because we got two occupations trying to feed ourselves and run the largest Medjugorje mission in the world. So you need to look at your investments and change an investment to preservation, part of it, a good part of it, half of it. Because what will come back immediately if someone has something is the exchange of silver. Gold is awkward. You can't exchange that. It's easy for storage, but your daily exchange will be silver. So yes, a chicken that you can get eggs from and a chicken that grow more chickens, that's wealth. But man will quickly gravitate toward the two metals, gold and silver, silver being primary. So that's why we developed the miraculous measure around to sanctify your money, turn it into something, and preserve something when the crash comes, when everybody wakes up. And also for a short interim to make sure you preserve it until you can get your agricultural system built. If someone wanted to do this and to preserve what they have until they build their system, we'll have a little information now from Century Silver Exchange. For those interested in exchanging their paper dollars for the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Silver Round, you can contact Century Silver Exchange by calling toll-free 877-936-7686. That's 877-936-7686. You can also visit CenturySilver.com or email info at CenturySilver.com. And I think it would be important here to bring up one more point and actually quote Thomas Jefferson again to reiterate an idea that you've expressed several times, a friend of Medjugorje, not necessarily today, but over the years with Medjugorje, the critical importance of owning this physical silver and, and keeping it in your physical possession, not on paper, not somewhere else at a depository, but the highest and safest form of protecting your wealth and the miraculous metal Medjugorje round is to have it in your physical possession. Thomas Jefferson said, It is said that our paper is as good as silver, because we may have silver for it at the bank where it issues. But this is not true. One, two, or three persons might have it, but a general application for this silver would soon exhaust the bank's supply vaults and leave a ruinous proportion of their paper in its intrinsic worthless form. So not only to exchange dollars for the miraculous metal magic word to silver round, but to have it in your physical possession is is of utmost importance. I would say wow to that, because here he is talking two and a half centuries ago that they had already tricked the people thinking their silver's there because they can go and they exchange it because people don't want it because it's more convenient to have it paper. So they grew in their human nature to use to it that I can go then get silver dollars, I can go silver dimes. But people don't like carrying change. I don't like carrying change in my pocket to this day because it's inconvenient. Paper is easier. As we expand these paper dollars, the banks keep less and less because nobody really wants that. Now, this is where we are today. It's an amazing thing how blind we become. Century Silver Exchange is a for-profit subsidiary of Caritas of Birmingham. It bears its own expenses and pays income taxes on its earnings. If there is any income left over at the end of the year, it may give a dividend donation to Caritas of Birmingham to further its mission efforts. 
So I'd like to end with six things about silver. As we've been speaking about, it offers protection. All these people doing investments, if the turmoil happens, they're going to run to precious metals. That tells you that the herd, once it stampedes, people get crushed. And that's too late. But that has always happened. We see in Venezuela, they're running to sell their gold. We've seen this repeatedly through history. You think you're going to escape it? No, because history repeats itself. It's a no-brainer. When politics, economics, uncertainties happens, all legal tender takes a back seat. You can have $5 million in $100 bills. It's worthless. It's the white metal that has always been overlooked that people immediately go in favor. And throughout history, people have always looked to silver over gold for means of exchange because it plays the same role. But it's in a more daily usage of practical values than changing gold. The second thing is tangible money. Cash, stocks, bonds, all these financial products are accepted as wealth. But they're not tangible. They're digital. They're promissory notes. All these things that make it appearance that you've got something and that you can sell something to the other person believes that it's got value. Silver, on the other hand, is finite. It is there. It's a tangible asset. It's very unlikely how everything else crashes, the silver can crash. You may lose money on it. You may gain money on it. It's not an investment. It's preservation. It's survival. It's what Venezuela, again, I've said this point, but they're surviving as a final lifeline through their gold. And they're doomed because of what Thomas Jefferson said about what governments do. The third thing is cheaper than gold. And of course, it's more accessible to use to buy things. Even today, it's difficult to take a $100 bill and go buy something. A lot of times, people don't have the, the change. They don't like that. They want the 20s. They want the lower denominations. $20 bills are silver. $100 bills gold. Which one do you want when you got to go buy a loaf of bread? The fourth thing, silver offers higher returns than gold. Why is that? Because today, silver is undervalued, but it's one seventy-ninth of what a gold bullion would be. That makes it more affordable. And so you're going to have more silver at a lower price compared to gold. And if silver jumps up, you're going to have far more money that was going to outperform the gold itself. We know that silver gained 448% through the period after I wrote ain't going to happen. And while gold only did 166%, I'm telling you that for your confidence. I'm not telling you that to encourage you to invest it. Don't look at it that way. The fifth thing is history is on silver side. Silver has been used for not just hundreds and hundreds of years, but for millennia. That tells you history repeats itself, silver and gold. It speaks of the stability. It's there. It's never going to go away. Actually, it's been with mankind's history throughout civilizations, whereas all these yes monies, fiat currencies, fall to the wayside. This is the way it works. Because we have a reassurance that the value is there, always some value. And lastly, silver is anonymity, meaning not everybody wants their transactions to be part of the public record. So privacy is associated with silver, and it's a benefit of the white metal. So whether or not you value your privacy, it does offer the same benefit of cash, and that in itself has value. So I'll close with all these thoughts. I would suggest that you listen to this more than one time because there's a lot of facts, a lot of quotes, a lot of thought. And make your philosophy. 
going to Athens, there's so much philosophy that they had going on three millennials that is amazing. Things that we don't even have today. Some of the stone cutters, the tools that they make, we cannot duplicate. They are so superior, we don't know how to make them. You say, well, with all this technology, we can't do it? No, they can tear it by the stones and the cuts and how they cut their stones. That They put more effort in that than building these great temples. So we're not so advanced. In fact, we're very dumb compared to them. Their mathematical equations and what they built is astounding. That should speak to you. And listen to this broadcast at least twice. Come back to it a third time a week from now and see if you won't learn more with it. Because the philosophy I'm giving to you is spiritual, and the spiritual I'm giving to you is the messages. And the message I'm giving to you is for the Holy Virgin Mary. And the Holy Virgin Mary is here because her son is sending her. And because her son is sending her is for the purpose to change your direction and the whole world's direction. So with those thoughts, I say to you, embrace everything, every word, everything that Our Lady has said to you. I'll be in Medjugorje the next time you hear from me. I'll be broadcasting from there for the anniversary. And until that time, we wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.